to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, your host and founder, and as usual, I am thrilled to be here. I am so honored to have this job and so lucky to be able to talk with people all over the world. And today we are going to have a fabulous show for you. Um, but before we get started and I introduce our guest today, I uh, always like to tell people a little bit about Alzheimer's Speaks, who we are, what we do, why we got started, because we always have new listeners. And so bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort. Many people look at us as a media outlet because we use a lot of different forms of uh, media, such as radio, video, um, blogging, website, etc., along with uh, get out there and do my dog and pony show with uh, speaking and training as well. So we really try to be multifaceted faceted, and connect with people. Um, our, our goal is really to help people live well with dementia if they're diagnosed or if they're caring for somebody and help remove the stigmas and increase awareness so that everybody can continue to live purpose-filled lives. At our core, we believe collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle because, as you know, we don't know what causes it and we don't have a cure, and so we better hold hands and start playing in the playground better um, because we, we all need the help. Um, somebody every three seconds is getting diagnosed someplace in the world, and yet we know this is one of the most underdiagnosed diseases that there are. Um, and I want to also thank our audience because, you see, because of your likes, your clicks, and your shares, you got Alzheimer's Speaks named the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's, according to Share Care and Dr. Oz. And we did not do that alone. Um, that was totally um, you guys. So I share that recognition with you as well as our recognition by um, Maria Shriver as an architect of change because we are all doing this together. Um, it's about raising one another's voice and sharing knowledge, and it's it's an honor to be part of that. So I would encourage people to continue to share um, information that they see, um, not just ours, but others, because we all have spheres of influences, and people need that information. They need to be able to grab it when they are ready. Um, in, as we all know, not everyone is ready, <laughs> but a lot of people are kind of just being voyeurs out there in, in the world of social media, and so we can help push that along. Um, the last thing I want to mention is um, who we interview here. Uh, basically, we interview everybody. Uh, we, again, feel everyone's voice is important, so we have people living with a diagnosis. Uh, we have family members. We have business professionals who are providing product services and tools who are having a huge impact. Uh, we have had uh, researchers like Harvard Research um, on the show. We've had 
movie directors and actors, singers, songwriters, authors. Um, we've had kids on the show that are making great changes and doing really cool things. And so um, it's open to everybody. And uh, in terms of advocacy, or maybe someone isn't as familiar with the disease, but wants to pose some questions to be answered. Uh, it's all about having, having a conversation. I also want to just give a plug. Uh, this will probably be the last time I'll even be able to plug it is uh, our cruise we are doing. We are doing a dementia-friendly cruise uh, to the Eastern Caribbean out in the Bahamas, and we're leaving November 11th through November 18th. And in fact, Lori Shear, who is with us today, and Harry Urban are both two of four people with dementia who will be speaking uh, during our symposium. And we are so excited to have them with us. Michael Ellenbogen and Mary Reed will also be with us, along with um, Cindy Lazinski, who is a nurse. And uh, she is working on a dementia-friendly community in northern Colorado that's doing some really cool stuff. And then we are honored also to have Becky Watson with us, who is a, um, a music therapist. So we're going to have a lot of fun, and um, it's going to be an amazing time. I'm going to give a shout-out also to our Platinum sponsors. Um, one, of course, is Alzheimer's Speaks, and then, of course, Elite Cruises and Vacations, along with the Purple Angel Program. And then our Gold Sponsors are John Hopkins, um, Brightview Senior Living, uh, Free to Go Mobility, uh, the American Senior Magazine, which if you haven't seen is really cool. It's nice big print. It has some games great articles in it, um, the 36-hour day, um, the loving approach to dementia care, and cruising through uh, caregiving are all books that will be given away. Um, and then we have music for wellness in the dementia-friendly uh, community of northern Colorado. And uh, one last housekeeping thing I have to say, because I was just out east, and I was uh, a guest of Atria, uh, and I was not familiar with this company, and they are senior living communities. They have about 200 of them in the U.S., and, uh, you know, we, I kind of went on this whirlwind tour. I did nine presentations in three days in four communities. And Pam Philby, uh, their uh, regional sales rep, uh, called me out and um, coordinated this. And it was a fascinating time. The, the communities were fabulous. The people were unreal. And their programming, I, I was really impressed with. And so I just want to say kudos to, uh, to Atria out there for the work that they're doing in terms of changing memory care. In fact, they don't call it memory care. They call it life guidance, which I like. Um, so uh, with no further ado, got my housekeeping out of the way. We'll go ahead and <laughs> we'll introduce you uh, here to our guests. Um, but uh, before I get to the guest, I have to introduce my my uh, co-hosts, and I can actually let them introduce themselves. So, Lori, I'm going to let you go first, if you don't mind. Hi, I'm Lori Scher. I was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's and FTD in August of 2013 at the age of 55. Since then, I've become a very strong advocate. I'm on the Dementia Action Alliance uh, advisory board and quite a few other things and just very much enjoying my time with Lori and all the guests, wonderful people we get to meet. Looking forward to the cruise. I'm too white. I need a tan. <laughs> 
Wonderful. Thank you, Lori. Harry, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, yep. My name's Harry Urban. I live in Pennsylvania. I was diagnosed 13 years ago with dementia of the Alzheimer's type. Uh, since then, I created the Forget Me Not, a social media group. I'm a Purple Angel ambassador and a Sentiment ambassador, and I love getting in, in trouble. You do that well. Yes. <laughs> you do that well. And uh, you both have done so much to to elevate uh, dementia and um, really make some significant changes out there. So thank you for your work. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest, and I'm probably going to crucify his name because we've been going round and round. <laughs> you know, I, I, I take the fifth on this because he's from the Netherlands. <laughs> and I'll blame it on that. How's that? <laughs> so um, Today we are, and I'm really excited about this interview, uh, we are lucky to have a Hurt uh, Bettinger with us who has his bachelor's and master's degree in social work, and he's a trainer and a team coach within what they call the care and welfare over in the Netherlands, and he... Um, he just, we had a chance to talk the other day, and I just love his, his perspectives um, on how he teaches employees how to look at what, what we term problem behaviors and really frame that in a new way. And he does this by translating those problem behaviors into a singular um, behavior mode, and he'll be talking a little bit about that uh, with us. He also likes to challenge uh, the employees in a positive way to deal creatively with their own ideas and possibilities, which I think is so empowering and so necessary and so underutilized. <laughs> Anyways, here in the U.S. and apparently in the Netherlands as, as well, I'm assuming. Um, and he really likes to think out of the box and get others to, uh, you know, when it comes to personal care and work situations. Um, previously, he worked as a care coordinator and a teacher at a school for health and welfare. And he's also been self-employed as a worker for victims of sexual abuse and a social worker for the elderly and a nurse for families with um, mentally disabled children. And uh, he's been happily married for 44 years and has three sons and three daughters and daughter-in-laws and is a proud grandfather of four grandchildren. So welcome to the show. How are you doing? And say your name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I have Alzheimer's light, so I forgot my, my name. I, I, accept, I accept every name you mention afterwards. <laughs> but my name is Geert. It's a difficult name, I know, Geert, yes. Geert. Thank you for having me on your show, and thank you for having contact with Laurie and Harry. I, I'm really surprised by uh, this conversation, this way of conversation. So, hi, Laurie. Hi, Harry. Nice to meet you. It's an honor. Well, great. Can you tell people, I always ask this question, you know, um, to see if they have been themselves um, touched by dementia, you know, within their own um, circle of family or friends. Yeah, my mother, she had dementia. I told you that was your question. If I know people with dementia, 
In my mother, she, she had dementia. She died for four years ago. And I, I worked as a, as a trainer coach in many, many nursery homes uh, with teams. And I had many, much contact. Because that is the main word I, I like, I love, is contact. I hate the word as care and cure. I, I love the word contact. So I have much, I had many contact with people. So I like to have contact with Laurie and not with Alzheimer. I want to have contact with Harry and not with Alzheimer. So that is my view. Well, and I love that, that you're putting the person first and the diagnosis, yes. just shove it on the shelf, you know, and deal with it as it, as it pops up. Um, can you, uh, you have written a book, and if you wouldn't mind sharing the title of the book and why you decided to write it. Yes, that the title of the book is Moving, Moving On by Standing Still, uh, a different view of problem behavior. And problem behavior, you do like this problem. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I just hate the word, the word problem behavior. Uh, I wrote it about three years ago. And it has to do in the first time with my own uh, uh, situation uh, as a child. Uh, I was sexually abused at about 10, 12 years old by an uncle. And since that time, I showed problem behavior. I even was a problem child. I was diagnosed, diagnosed, I hate the word diagnosed as a problem child. I, I did everything God for, 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 forbid. So I steal, I lied, I, I fight, I, I did everything. So just because there was something inside me, and I was judged by many people, also my parents and my, my family uh, as a problem child and since that time uh, something happens with me so after that, that time I, I became a nurse and then a, then a social worker and more and more and when I, when I, when I came in, in education school and then I was a teacher all the students talked about problem clients problem children uh, and that was, for me, was a trigger. It's about 15, 16 years ago. For me, it was a trigger, and I call it a signal behavior. It's not a problem, it's a signal. Mm -hmm. Because when I say you're a problem uh, uh, client or problem patient, words, even words, I don't have contact with you. But when I say I see signal behavior, I see the behavior you, you show has something to do inside of you, I, I, I have to, to, to look for contact with you. So that is the, the main cause uh, I started to write a book. And the second reason is um, what I see in education for nursery and, and, and um, social work, the reflection is so bad in the schools. You know, they, they know a lot about diseases and theories and everything. But why do I do as I do? This question I miss in education. Mm -hmm. and, and that is one, that is the second reason I wrote this book. See, I, lo I love that philosophy because I'm right there with you. I, I, that word behavior drives me bananas because it really is just a reaction. You call it a signal and I always tell people, look at, look at the reaction and then put your investigative hat on because it is a signal. It is it is something to look into. And, you know, a lot of times we look at um, 
we look at a behavior and we put, we tend to focus on the negatives, but we can, we can end up getting rid of negative behaviors, you know, or negative reactions, negative signals, if we take those trigger points up, away. But I think another thing that people don't realize is that, you know, if there's a joyful moment, you can look at those signals, you can look at those reactions, and you can utilize that to create more of that. Yes. But, we don't, but most people don't even go there because they're so focused on, on the negative aspect. You know, you know Laurie, you know, Laurie um, that is really my opinion. I think, I think the, the care workers and the nurses, not all, but they showed problem behavior. Mm -hmm. Yes, from the perception of the of the of the person with, for example, dementia, he is clear. He is clear of what he wants, although he had not the right words, perhaps, or he had no words, perhaps. But from inside, he, what he wants, he knows what he wants. Mm -hmm. And the, and the, and the people who care and the people who guide him, they show problem behavior. They ignore him. I think that is a very bad problem behavior. Ignoring people who are in are inside with deep uh, questions. So ignoring is uh, is for me is the most serious abusing you can you can do with with, uh, with people who are dependent on, on care. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great, great point. I would like to just ask um, Lori and here, you know, go to Lori first. What, what are your thoughts about, you know, what uh, Hurt is saying in terms of, in, in terms of concept? Do you, do you agree with what he's talking about or? Hurt, I do. I do agree because I think there are many times when um, I, I'm unable to communicate what I'm feeling. And so since I cannot express the, what it is that I want or what I'm feeling, you express it by anger or tears, crying. It's frustrating. And you yes. express it by the frustration when you can't voice what it is or explain yes. what it is. Um, or you, you try and point or wave and, and then it just is even more confusing. And yes. it does become, so I, I agree with you. I think many times we are marked as having behavior issues when in fact what we're really trying to do is voice the communication. Yes, yes. I, I, Larry, may I ask you a question? Yes, I heard, you, I heard you say I am unable to communicate. I think you always are able to communicate, but it's my, it's, it's my duty to do everything to understand you. I think you communicate well. Of course you communicate well. But it's my idea. I have to do very much, put much energy in having contact with you. And we had in the first two minutes, we had a smile and we had contact. Mm -hmm. So I think you communicate really beautiful. Really. Uh, there, are, there are times when that's not realistic because you might not be with people who don't really know you and who don't know how to get out of you, what you're trying to communicate. Um, but people that do, do know me, they should be trying to, to figure out what it is I'm trying to communicate. Even when I can't speak and I can't think, and there, there are times that I, I verbally cannot communicate. Ah, I understand. Um, so, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think it then becomes your care partners or your family or whoever it becomes their responsibility to help you to communicate 
It's a very good philosophy. One of the things that that I liked what you said was, you know, that we need to focus more. We need more energy on kind of reading those signals. And I I think that we have really fallen away from reading nonverbals. And I think that we don't understand and appreciate how much energy a person with dementia puts into their communication. And if we would put even half of the energy that they put into communicating with us, we would improve communications. Um, But we're so busy figuring out what we're going to say next. We're not really in the moment focused totally on what the communications signals, as you say, are. And that's why why the title of my book is Moving On by Standing Still, because we're all in a hurry. Uh, in, in the nursery homes, we're all in the hurry. Wait a moment, wait a moment, wait a moment. And yesterday, yesterday, I, I, I told you, I gave lessons to Chinese care workers at the moment. And yesterday, one Chinese care worker said, hit uh, the, the client, he hits me. So I think he needs medicines. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, be glad that he hits you. Be glad. And he couldn't understand why. I think that was the only way, probably the only way, to make something clear to you. Yep. And what do you? You want to give him medicines? You want to ask for a doctor? To give, so you want to, 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 to lock the, the person up. So be glad. That's also my philosophy. Be glad somebody hits you. Be glad somebody is crying or shouting. Mm-hmm. It's an important signal. Like Laurie said, it's so frustrated that you are locked up in your, in, in your own emotion, in your own uh, world, and you see the odd people run, running, running, running. So please stand still more. Well, I think that that's interesting. You say, you know, be glad someone hit you. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that one, you know, (laughs) but it, but it just goes to the point of showing how much our, um, how much our perspectives need to change in terms of looking at things. Harry, you've been shaking that head and agreeing this like that. So we got to pull you in. (laughs) I love, I love this conversation because um, here in the States, the way we treat the symptoms of any dementia is through medication. I think that's wrong. I think that is so, so wrong. Yes. Um, I always tell people there is always a reason why we are the way we are. Super. Okay, now, um, like I said, I'm a sentiment ambassador, and they have a fuel mine what they call fuel mine experience. They don't believe in medication. They believe in treating the symptoms of dementia through non-medical ways. Explore. Be a detective. Find out what the problem is. Like you said, if you're having a good day, find out why you're having a good day. Yes, yes. Okay, and then once you find that secret, you can duplicate it. If you're having a bad day, you can find out why you're having a bad day and you can eliminate those things. And you don't need you don't need a pill, you don't need medication to do that. No, no. Thank you so much. I I, I, I I'm astonished about how much how much medicine is given to people with problem behavior. 
Yes. You know, it's a problem for the care workers. It's a problem for the doctors, but not for the person. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to express or the only way probably hear me, listen to me. And it, you know, it makes me angry uh, that, that in, in foreign countries, so many medicines and doctors, it's a medical model. I, I, told, I told Laurie this weekend uh, when we had a uh, conversation, you can see food as um, uh, uh, carbon hydrates, vitamins and, and minerals. That is food. But I think food is a social uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Don't care about the minerals. It is a social situation. That's more important than enough vitamins, enough carbon hydrates. And I don't like it. I like the conversation with you and not with dementia. I like the conversation with Harry and Larry. What what we do too is is I'm getting the big a big proponent of laughter yoga. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with it. Yes. I get I get video calls from my friends in overseas and we laugh for a minute. Now what what the laughter yoga does is um, it brings oxygen up to your brain, relaxes your muscles, and we we try to look into each other's eyes and make that connection. Beautiful. Okay, now once you make that connection, you can tell if somebody is having a good day, a bad day, how they feel. The more you do that, the 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 better you become at it. That's why when I talk to somebody with with that has any kind of dementia, I make sure I look into the eyes and they're looking in the mind. Because if you don't make that connection, we don't hear what you're saying. Yes, yes. I love I love I like the word connection. I love the words looking in these other's eyes eyes. So what you say, Harry, you have you have to take time. Just take mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Why hurrying? Why why running? Always running and hurrying. Yes. Take time. Yes. You know, even even you don't have the words. In, in my childhood, I didn't have the words. What what was happening with me? I didn't know the words. Mm-hmm. I only knew it was not good. That is what I felt. I had no words. So. If somebody had shown real interest interest in me, probably maybe I, I would never be a problem child. Mm-hmm. So, so dementia is not a problem. No, we are the problem. How we how we how we go on with the men with people with dementia. Mm-hmm. Dementia is not a problem. No, no. Here, how, how receptive do you find that care facilities in particular, where they are limited on time, you only have so many employees and so many patients, I, how receptive are they to, to actually taking the time to stand still? Yeah, I, got, I always get that question, always. I understand, of course, of, of course. I was a nurse also, I understand. But you know... The, the, the care workers and the nurses, they think they have to do everything. They have to, 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 to give coffee, they have to, 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 to clean the mouth, they have to give medicine. They will do everything. But the more they do, the more I will say I can't do anything. So 
what we're doing, why you can you can make coffee? You, of course, you can you can coffee put in a cup. Probably not so not so good, but you can, and you can help in the kitchen. And you can clean. You're not you're not dead. You're not dead. But we think the nurses have to do everything, and you have to do nothing. We call that care. I call that prison. <laughs> yeah, I love I love nonverbal communication. I I love teaching people nonverbal communication. Yes. Uh, now, why I say that is so many so many people have a loved one in a care facility and they go visit and they come back and say the person doesn't talk anymore and I go there and I visit the same people and I have a wonderful conversation and don't say a word yeah I like that Harry Without words, you can have the most beautiful conversation. Yes. But you have to be really interested in the person and not in the dimension. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the examples I use of that when I go speak is I, and it's kind of funny because people always challenge me on it, and I say, but how many babies in the womb have your life? And they're like, you know, those connections. And they're like, because I think caregiving starts from the moment we're conceived. And people go, well, how can a baby in a womb give you care? And I'm like, how many bellies have you patted? How many tummies have you talked to? How many conversations have changed? How many plans have changed because of this baby in a womb you've never met? It's because it's important to us. And it's, you know, it's life changing. And or how many times have you sat on the couch uh, next to a loved one and not said a word, but they're just like a warm, snuggly blanket. It's just comfort. It's just comfort. Comfort. And the concept of, of conversation is wrong. The, con- the concept of conversation is always verbal. Right. I, I see Larry doing this. Yes, you know, I, I can tell you, um, I've been married 36 years as of next week. Um, and some of our, our romantic times are simply holding hands, walking in a mall. You don't have to have a conversation just holding hands or his arm around me or your your connection is what really makes you feel the love and the support. So, yeah, the, the connection thing is, is important. It, even, even if you're not caring for someone, just in building and establishing and, and continuing a relationship, touch is a very important factor. Yes, yes. I, I find out, like when I when I visit a care facility, and I'm talking to somebody, a lot of time they take their hand and rub my arm. Okay, now they're communicating with somebody, and it is probably not me. It's probably a loved one that, in their mind, they. They're talking to their ex-husband or their husband that died or something like that. But we lost we lost the power of touch. You know, the power of touch is so powerful that 
we've, we forgot about that. Uh, yes, they connect with you, Harry, because they think you're Santa Claus when you come in. So that's why there's such <laughs> a strong bond. So you better be good, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question. You know, in, in I, I, I told you, um, Larry, I, I work with Chinese care, care workers, and I, I, I bring them to a, a very beautiful place where people live with, with dementia, and they live in a house, six people, about five houses. And a Chinese care worker can't speak Dutch, and a Dutch woman can't speak Chinese. But they had a the beautiful contact. The, the woman even was washed by the care worker, Chinese care worker, without words. And they have much fun. So for me, that was, that was um, so beautiful to, to, to see that situation. Two people with totally different languages. They have real, uh, very beautiful contact. So it is a proof that the words are not important. The intention is important. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, and Harry, you just reiterated that when your Italian friends came and said you really couldn't communicate, but your intent to communication was so strong that you said you really didn't have a problem. You know, you. Yes, yes. It's, it's the same thing, Roy. When I started up my Spanish speaking social media group, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> but you know what? I communicate with them because I know how. They know how to talk to me. And I don't know Italian, but I can sit down. If, if you go to my Facebook page, you see so many people dropping me, posting messages to me in Italian. Yes. You know, Harry, what's, what's all about in the nursery homes? There are so many specialists. The nurse knows what is good for you. The doctor knows what is good for you. The psychologist knows what is good for you. The dietist, everybody knows what is good for you. <laughs> but I think there is only one specialist in the whole house, that is you. You are the specialist, yes? And we have to listen. What do you want? What do you need? We don't, we don't have any experience in, in having dementia. You have to but the only one who has experience with dementia. So I have to listen. Really listen. That's my opinion. You're guiding me. You're guiding, you guiding the care workers. We don't guide you because you know how it is, how it feels to have dementia. That's my opinion. See, and that's one of the beautiful things I think about Alzheimer's Speaks is that's really been our goal is to raise their voice because it's just, to me, it's just been asinine. We haven't been asking them. We haven't been listening to them. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's beyond, I, I can't even fathom why it's been like that for so long. It just, it, it, there's like no common sense attached to that at all. Yes, yes, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. This is not in, in the Netherlands. This, this. A radio station is not in Netherlands. Mm -hmm. I, I will talk about in Netherlands your concert. I like the concert. I see Laurie laughing all the time. I, I, I love it. I, I see Harry. Uh, I, I have contact just by. I can't go to America now, but I would go to could come to you now. <laughs> 
Well, and we do, you know, this is the same format as our dementia chats, you know, where, you know, that's all I, that's the guest is, is only people with dementia. And um, in those are free videos. We've got a whole bunch of those out there and their insights are just, uh, just spectacular. And I think, I think it's really helping to change, you know, the more we can raise their voice, the more we can get them out in conferences and, you know, on the radio or in video, it, it is changing perceptions because people, people here still think, oh, they're end stages. They hear Alzheimer's or dementia and they just think they can't communicate. They're in a wheelchair, you know, they're in a nursing home and they, they see these guys and go, what? You know, and then they get challenged and then they get bullied by people telling them, well, they can't have that. And that's really sad, too. Do you, do you see that in the Netherlands as well, people being challenged by their diagnosis if, if they speak up? Mm, there's, something, there's, there's something going on in the Netherlands at this moment. We, we stop the big, the big nursery homes. We stop that. We more and more... With, with eight people in one real house and they cook and they do and they wash and they clean. Okay. Yeah, there is much going on. And even the doctors in the homes more and more say, because they say, we have to stop giving all the medicines. Of course, when you have pain, of mm -hmm. course, but everybody can sleep when somebody holds your hand. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need the pill. I don't need the pill. So that is my book all about, all about not about dementia, also uh, developmental uh, people. It, you know, it, it's, in fact, it's, it's a stupid book mm -hmm. because what I, what I write is so normal. It's so normal. We, we, are, we, we get too far from the, from the contact. Mm -hmm. We make more and more professionals. Uh, too many professionals who know you are not a professional. The only professional are, 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 are Lowry and Harry in this situation. So I have to write a book for Lowry and I have a book for, for Harry. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's not a book about dementia. It is Harry with his book and it is Lowry with her book. Well, you know, you had mentioned working with developmentally disabled and, you know, kind of going to the smaller group home concept. And here in the U.S., that happened back in, I remember, the 70s because I worked for the developmentally disabled and we had a big group home of over 100 people. And, oh, my gosh, the state came down, just cracking the whip. It was horrible care. And it really wasn't horrible care. It was just the way we had to manage it. You know, it didn't look pretty necessarily, but people were really well cared for, but they broke it down into the smaller homes, which I do think is more conducive and makes a lot more sense. So there's, I think there's a lot we can learn from that. You know, they have the Special Olympics, they really, they build bridges instead of barriers for that whole, um, that whole syndrome. Um, Cameron Camp uh, does, it has a video on YouTube, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but he says, what if it was Alzheimer's syndrome instead of Alzheimer's disease. And he compares it to, you know, developmentally disabled, you know, how, how, they tr how they're treated and um, how their rights are looked at much differently. 
And so it, it is kind of a, an, an interesting concept. I do want to get back and ask you a couple, um, a couple more questions because I can't believe how fast the time is going here. Um, one of the things you had mentioned to me that was that you felt it was important for clients to disagree with you as a care worker. And, and why do you think it's important to, to have that disagreement? Because when somebody disagrees with me, I have to think about it. And that's what I want. I want that. I, I I want me to think about more. We only are always running and doing, 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 doing. And when somebody disagrees with me, or he's angry with me, it must for me be a signal. It's good. He gives a signal. You know, there are also people, and I I I, I came, I saw them in my classroom. You have always students who talk much and they get attention from the teacher. But the students who don't talk in the classroom, they don't get any attention from the teacher. So there are always people who don't talk much, who sit quietly in the corner. So when he sits quietly in the corner and he doesn't do anything, I forget him probably. So be happy that somebody doesn't agree with you. It's a signal. It's a signal. Well, and I, I like that philosophy, too, because it, it makes us be fluid. It makes us what, what I call consciously care. Yes. You have to think about, well, is this right? And it opens the door to there is more than one way to look at things, which I think is, is really important. You also talk about reflection is a must. Yes. Um, for, for all, basically for all parties. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that or was that really kind of wrapped up a little bit in this last question yeah. of, of the you know, It has to do with education also in the Netherlands. Education is, uh, is nurse, it's nursery, nursery. It's, 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 uh, we know how to transfer somebody from his bed to the wheelchair. We know I mean, how to give an injection. We know much. Mm -hmm. Yes. But the way we do, there's only one person who can say, the way you transferred me from the bed to the wheelchair, that was not good. And that means I have not what the teacher says, the way I have to transfer, of course, in the basic. But I've always asked myself, was it a good way? Did I do in the way the other liked? Or what? So I have every time to think, what did I do? And, and only when I do that, I keep always uh, interested in, in other people. So reflection, I really miss. It's a must in education. It's also a must in a marriage. It's also it's everywhere a must. Yeah, it's a must in life. It really, if we're going to be productive and connected and respectful. Yes, and I, I think really, Laurie, oh Laurie, I think that, that the people with dementia or whatever, they guide me. And that is my attitude. And when they guide me, I have to, have to ask, what did he mean? Is he, does he feel fine? Is he happy? Or is he not happy with me? Mm -hmm. I have to ask questions. And that's my book, very important part of my book. Every chapter there are reflection questions. Why did you do it in the way you did? So I have many uh, uh, practical situations written uh, about that. But what, Harry, may I ask Harry? Sure. May I ask, Harry, what do you think about reflection uh, for care workers? What do you think about um, that care workers need more reflection? 
to reflect on on their on their work. Help me, Loy. Yeah. yeah. We can hear you. You're off mute. No, no, no. I, I with, with reflections. Oh my gosh, you're always reflecting and in bouncing back here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I understand the question, but I have an answer. <laughs> okay, so re reflecting is really just sitting back and thinking. Yes. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. What what I do? I spend I spend about an hour every day sitting outside on my bench. Okay, and I call that my me time. Okay, and I just. I just reflect on my life. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. And um, I don't feel sorry for myself. Okay, because when I look around and I see, I see all the beauty around me. You know. And I'm sitting out in the sun and I'm soaking up that energy that the sun gives me. The wind. I, I get wind from that. I think that's what gives me my strength. You know, and it's certainly not any medication. It's nothing like that. It's, I've got back to what's really important to me. Yes, yes. Hmm? yes. When I go out and speak, Harry, I, I typically mention one of, one of uh, my most favorite quotes from you and and that is you know i like to re i like to relax before i got dementia i still do it's not about keeping me busy all the time it's about it's about feeling my peace and contentment you know and letting me revel in that and then you know letting yourself pick up on that Yes. And, but we we're so busy we're so busy all the time you know it, it's sad it, if you look, if you look, and if somebody with dementia is just sitting, sitting in a chair, and somebody always comes up and says, "Are you okay?" You know, I I think of it as that's my escape. I like to visualize a lot. Okay, I like to sit there, and especially if I'm down. If I'm down, I visualize my happy place. And I can sit there and I can concentrate so hard that I forget my worries. Beautiful. And if somebody comes up to me and says, they, they might think that I'm just staring. I have a blank look in my face. But that's not true. I am in my... I am in my I'm in my happy place. Lori, Lori, you had a comment? Yes. You know what, here, I think that it is important that we do more reflecting from the very top down, uh, starting with the neurologist. The neurologists are taught how they give a diagnosis. Go home, get your affairs in order, and see a care attorney. Um, all the way down. Uh, I have a friend who is uh, very crippled. She's physically disabled and is very crippled. And I was uh, at the care facility visiting her the other day, and the aides were lifting her out of the bed, hoisting her out the way they were taught. Well, they were taught on a flat mannequin. And you now have someone who is crippled up. They were hurting her terribly. But rather than 
stopping to say, how would you like us to do it? Or what could we do different? It was the way we're supposed to, supposed to do it. Yes, yes. Well, if you are hurting, whether it's physically or mentally, uh, if you are hurting the person you're supposed to be caring for, you're not connecting. Of course. Yeah. And, and you lose trust. And you lose trust in your, in your care workers. You lose trust in everything. Absolutely. And I think it, it starts from the very top down. Yes. They're training people how to be doctors, how to be nurses, how to be care providers. They need to be taught this is normal, but you need to connect with the person and listen to what they're saying. Yes, I, I train doctors. I do train doctors. I, they, they, since they buy my book, they want to, to, to listen to me, what I can tell, and what you say is true. The, 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 the transfer from one place to another place is just it's not a technical uh, situation. Of course, you need to do it good. But when you, when you stop making contact, just like a sack of, of potatoes, in that way, you need to have contact. And that's all the same word, contact, contact, contact. I, Larry, I hope I will meet you once, really. I, I, I love to call it the, the conversation with you. Yes, I can learn a lot of you. <laughs> Thank you. And likewise, I think also part of the reason that that does happen is the fear of lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Because if anything happens, I can say I did it by the book. If I did not do it right by the book, I may be opening myself up for a lawsuit. It's time to get rid of the book. No, I agree. It's, it's I agree. Time, it's time to get common sense back into our lives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have here I, I, in some communities where, you know, staff are told they can't touch a resident because they're worried about liability. And it's just so sad because a hug is so nice to get, you know, and so nice to give. And, they can't, you know, they can't, they can't have that kind of touch because one bad apple, you know, abuse the system. And, and I get it, but it's just, it, it's really sad. I do want to get into um, one last question for you is, you know, ignoring um, behaviors. Um, you had mentioned in the beginning that you kind of feel it's similar to abuse. Yes. Um, and, and why don't you, can you go a little bit more in depth with that? Yes, you know everybody. Um, uh, when when I say it's abusing, all the people, they 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 uh, how you how is the word? They, uh, they I don't know the word. Uh, when I say abuse, they say don't don't, don't say that this is a too tough word. Abusing is too. Uh, you only talk about abusing when you when you hit somebody or when you sexually abuse. That is abusing. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I really used the name abusing uh, not by accident, but it was a purpose. Because I want that you have to be a bit shocked. He has to say ignoring is like abusing. It's a shock when I say that. Mm-hmm. But ignoring, as I, I told you, my behavior was ignored. Yes? And when you ignore somebody, I tell, I told my wife, ignoring it for me was worse than the sexual abuse because nobody paid attention to me, not only judged me. So that's why I say um, uh, ignoring is similar as abusing 
because I want to have a shock. People have to think about that. Because ignoring is, is doctors say, ignore that behavior. She asks for attention in a negative way. This is the only way. That's not a bad way. It's the only way, probably. So don't ignore that. Yeah. Well, and it escalates things when we ignore things. You know, people, you know, if that's how they know how to get attention, then it's going to escalate to the next level and the next level. You ignore the person, not, not, not the behavior. Don't ignore the person. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Well, I, um, again, I, I, I think this has just been a fantastic conversation and I wish we had more time because I think we could talk all day. You know, if you came on the cruise, we wouldn't get bored with you. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure and an honor to have these conversations and, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, what would you like people to have as far as contact information for you? Because I know you know our audience is around the world, and I know we've got your um, your email address, and you are also on LinkedIn where people can find you there. Do you have a Facebook page? No, I don't have. I, don't have, I, have, I have Facebook. I have a website. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't know how Facebook works. I don't know. Okay. Well, that that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> And we'll put, we will also put your um, site out for the website and for your book for people to be able to to go ahead and, and get a hold of you there. So. And, they, and they, can, they can write me by email. I will answer the emails. I, I, I like that. Email is, is, is also contact. Uh -huh. Okay, good. Um, Lori, do you have any last questions for her? Just, it has been a real pleasure and a lot of fun also meeting you. So I appreciate it. It's been just a lot of fun. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Bye-bye. Carrie, -bye. Uh, any last comments from you? I, I find out, I'm finding out that, that I'm connecting more with people living in other countries because they don't have the biased opinion of dementia we do. And it's so, I mean, I enjoyed this conversation so much. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> I give you a hug. Yeah, there you go. I'll take it. <laughs> well, good. In wrapping up, I want to just give a shout out to our silver sponsors for the cruise. Um, the art kit with Lola, which is just exceptional activities, um, calendar cards, and also the memory cafe directory that they put out. Um, if anyone out there is listening and has a memory cafe, make sure you go to memorycafedirectory.com and Dave will get you hooked up there. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Trin Rose Seely, who is donating a book of hers, 15 Minutes of Fame. I uh, want to thank the Footprint um, ID um, company because they are going to give away a system for every person with dementia on our cruise. Uh, Memory Joggers is just kind of a fun game. The uh, Care to Plan resource directory for dementia, <clears throat> which you can see a sampling of on my website at alzheimerspeaks.com by going to the resource directory that's in beta testing. Uh, the Call Alert Center and Ben Celia's book, The Little 
the little book for Alzheimer's caregivers that is just loaded with lots of uh, great information there. I also want to remind people that all of our shows on Alzheimer's Speaks um, radio are archived. And so we've been doing this for, I can't believe it's like six years now. Maybe it'll be seven here pretty quick, I think. And um, we have over 400 shows you can go back and listen to. So there's lots of content out there. And I also want to, again, uh, just bring up the Dementia Chats webinars that we do that are really powerful. Uh, again, that's when I interview those with dementia. And Lori and Harry are both experts um, on that panel. And um, our faces always change because these guys' schedules are really busy and they're out there changing the world. And so we take them when we can get them. But we have really interesting conversations of what they would like the world to be like um, with dementia. Dementia. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. And again, I, I can't thank everybody enough for, for being with us today. So thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors from fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs>